You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. For this episode, we'll be talking about X, Wild Gift. On the line, I have Rob. Hello. <laughs> Rob, do you forget I introduce you every time? <laughs> Sometimes. Want to try that again? <laughs> <laughs> just let this one. Just let this one slide. Kyle. Hi there. And Ben. I'm happy to be here. Wild Gift is the second studio album by the American rock band X, released on May 1981 on Slash Records. The producer was Man- Ray Manzarek, Yeah. and the yeah. genre is punk rock. I'm going to read from the book, David Nicholas. Los Angeles' X took no chances with their second LP, let alone Prisoners. The group teamed up with a second time with fifth Xer Ray Manzarek who both produced and played keyboards on the albums, creating a great, dense rock sound that did not downplay their punk credentials at all, at the same time as it harkened back to earlier rock eras, thanks particularly to hotshot Billy Zoom on guitar. This album also included the lulling white girl alongside the almost rockabilly in this house that I call home and the frantic when our love passed out on the couch. It bears remembering that Wild Gift is a second of a group kicking against the pricks in the radio, TV, and music industry. Though an extremely popular live act signed with Warner Brothers, the band's rough edges and what guaranteed that they were not going to get exposure in the mainstream dominated by 70s dinosaurs. All right, what do we think of X, Wild Gift? Fucking New favorite insane. record. This Ooh. album is amazing. My goodness. I, Where's it been all my I, life? I, right? I never... I, I was familiar with the, the first record. I had never heard this. Really? I got, I've heard songs from this record, the Clinal Western Civilization movies. Like I, I, I knew a few of the songs off of it, but like I had never listened to this back, like front to back. And holy shit, what a fucking like my god, jaw dropping yeah. piece of work! It's amazing. It yeah. is just impeccable. Yeah, I like Rob. I. I Distinctly remember writing "We're Desperate, Get Used to It" uh, on my MySpace when I was like 24. <laughs> there was some, you know, it was it's a time for that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, this is my first time listening to this whole record, and ah, uh, stop listening to this record every day for like the past two weeks. The guitar work is great. Those distinct vocal harmonies, which shouldn't work, but somehow sound like fucking milk. Um, figured out what those harmonies are. I did not look it up. It's like, what are they? What the, in, what the interval is? Yeah, I, I just d- thought that X scene's just like a little flat, but like no, she, 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 she drones. She like, I, I wish I knew the interval, Rob. But like, she just like finds a weird like minor and just drones on it, and it works it so works well, really well. It's, it sounds so good. Yeah, 
And I remember thinking that with the last record, but this one, and, uh, well, what surprised me with this record was looking into it. Like a lot of these songs were written like 78, 77. Um, and they must've just spent their time polishing it. Cause this record is great. There's so much variety. Um, you know, some of the riffs, one of the riffs sounds like a motorhead song. I, I was going to talk about the, the vocals, but now we're talking about the riffs. Let's talk about the riffs. No, I, I, let's talk about every part of this band. Uh, sure. One last thing about the vocals I want to say. Uh, John Doe and Exine, they both have such distinct voices with so much personality. And then mm. when they sing together, it's like chocolate and peanut butter. It's, it's like not like Blood Harmony, like the Leuven Brothers. It's just like some cool blend that you weren't expecting to love and and it's like their their voices at the same time sound even better than each one of their voices on their own and they both have yeah. really cool voices riffs this is a guitar rock record I, I i i didn't know that much about billy zoom going into this week and he is my current guitar crush I, I learned after listening to it that he had a background in like rockabilly and stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, that, <laughs> yeah, that tracks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that, it also explains the the Billy Zoom name. Him bringing like the Chuck Berry riffs to their like Southern fried post punk is such a, a, a all of the ingredients going into the soup are so important. Greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah, and man, that 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 riff the opening riff for universal corner two seconds into the song. I knew I'm like, well, I'm going to be listening to this song all fucking week. For like adult books. Did you guys get some uh, talking heads off of that? Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I hear about that. Books, yeah. I got, I got from the guitar riff, uh television prove it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah adult books is a definite standout. Was it yeah. track three? Yeah. yeah. Perfect place. Yep. Yep. Track and then, four. yeah, Universal Corner. Yeah. <laughs> this is amazing. It is a very guitar, you know, driven record. It It's not afraid to. It's like a punk band that's not afraid to be a rock and roll band at the same time. They they aren't necessarily rejecting everything that has come before. They're incorporating yeah, kind of it. Like how. You know, Motorhead doesn't turn its back on rock and roll while inventing thrash metal. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Uh, my favorite quote that I got from this record uh, was from the drummer uh, DJ Bonebreak. There you go. Which is uh, short for Donald James Bonebreak. <laughs> <laughs> or Desperate. He said, I wanted it to have a tempo that combines the Ramones and Captain Beefheart. Yeah. Dude, and these I guys are like, cool cats. <laughs> Also, John Doe, uh, his quote on that song, We're Desperate. Uh, the song is about poverty, crummy apartments, and burning the landlord. <laughs> yeah, DJ Bonebreak, his uh, his drumming on this, actually. Like, there's just, going back to your idea of, like, Southern fi- Fried Post Punk, like, there is so much country going on. Yeah. There's some shuffle stuff. Mm-hmm. The, the delivery of the lyrics, the lyrics themselves like yeah oftentimes like hearken to that like stuff um yeah it just it, it runs the fucking gamut man like i was not I'm, surprised to learn that not only does x get as their as x's career goes on they get further into like country and americana but then 75 percent of x start the country band the knitters like everyone but billy mm-hmm. zoom is in the knitters which i now need to check out that 
Did uh did anyone do a deep dive on White Girl? Uh, I I no, I, I did a little bit of one, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it was written by John Doe about how he had the hots for the basis for the germs. Lorna Doom, yeah, Lorna Doom. <laughs> um, which is yeah, this uh, this record I was written yeah shortly after uh, John Doe and and Exine got married. And so I it's, think it's that, edgy. I don't know. It's raw. It's I don't know. It don't is know. raw. And from what I gathered, they as much as they loved each other, their first love was the band, mm-hmm. you know, and, and if someone wants to explore a crush for a musical muse, then that's kind of just part of the deal. It was like, I read a quote from Exine that, and then, and, and then, you know, like in, in like when our love passed out on the couch, you know, he's, yeah. about it's just like it's part of that whole being married and also in like the punk rock uh like party house oh yeah Yeah. you know like can i i'm sorry can i I read my favorite quote from x scene before yes sure man. uh, when she's talking about when our love passed out on the couch (laughs) she wrote i just love the idea of love passing out on the couch which is a line i wrote (laughs) 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 right i I think that for in that song a lot of the lyrics were written from john doe's perspective and then she comes in with with the titular hook you know Mm -hmm. i did not realize like oh oh, you know how they met like it was like poetry camp or something right (laughs) like there was like a community poetry class like that they they met up at uh which you know as far as like nerdy fucking shit that changed the world is concerned, that's probably up there. Um, They're both good lyricists. They like, mm-hmm. I, I don't mm-hmm. get into, you guys know me. I don't like, I hear lyrics second, but for this album, I was like pulling up lyric sheets. Cause I, yeah. you, you can just tell that they're, they're saying something important and both of those two cats can turn a phrase. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know, yeah, some other time is like a, a very like earnest song about relationships and also just the kind of general, you know, when this album was written, everybody was worried about nuclear war. <laughs> and yeah, just the kind of the frank kind of earnest discussion of like kind of newlyweds and this in this strange new world, you know, in this chaotic world. Uh, I, I, I got into it. I liked it a lot. in the chat earlier you were picking up coke dares vibes any particular song oh yeah oh uh, the one that's in our camera yeah. now. the one that was given it to me too it's who you know <laughs> oh man yeah. yeah dude that the, the the guitar riffs the vocal delivery it is so coke daresy all <laughs> and 
mean, how come everyone just doesn't know the Coke Tears? How come <laughs> they had to be a band from our town that we know that the majority of people listening to this are going to, everyone needs to, I'm sure it's on Spotify. Everyone needs to listen to the Coke Tears. Uh, they, they, they two, do. two and, things and, on and, Spotify. Yeah. Oddly, uh, oddly, going back to our Bloomington days, like Jason and his wife, and I'm pretty sure the rest of the Coke Dares were X for that show that we played as Circle Jerks, Kyle. Yep. 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 And oh. I was too drunk to remember if they were good or not. I'm, I imagine they were, they were fucking amazing. I'm sure they were great. <laughs> yes, they were fantastic. I'm sure they were, they were great. great. Oh, yeah. I, I bled into uh, the microphone and then. <laughs> Jason's uh, wife was, is not yes. Yeah, she's disgusted. <laughs> I filled that fucker with blood. <laughs> it wasn't your fault. Someone fucking threw the mic in your face, and your lip popped open in true Darby Crafts fashion. That wasn't your fault. <laughs> one of the things, one of their big inspirations for creating the band was obviously hearing Patty Smith, yeah, a fellow poet. Um, sort of rock and roll attitude, and it has the the throwback rock and roll element to it. So I thought that was, I always thought that was really interesting that translated from her into this more rockabilly SoCal, you know, punk stuff. Absolutely, yeah. This one, this album, alongside the last one we reviewed. Black Flag Damage, same place. I had a cousin who had all these albums and just taped them off. I put them on cassette tape and just listened to them over and over. I think this, actually, this might have been on the other side of Damaged. I might have had these back to back just on one side and the other side. If not, it was close. It was either this or Cir- Circle Jerks or something. But yeah, just speaking the same place, uh, same town as Damaged, same year, same town. It sounds like it's a different scene, you know. Like, like it, it's. It, yeah. I, I'm sure that I'm sure that there's so much bleed over in the scenes. This X album sounds a lot different than that Damaged album for being both from the LA punk scene the same year. They were X was the first LA. They were the the first LA punk band, maybe punk band in general, to be taken seriously by the rock press. They were. Yeah, they literally. Sort of darlings of rock critics, including Kreisgau, who loved this record. He loved it. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he he put this as album of the year, personal album of the year. Absolutely. And so oh. I think Ray so Manzurek too Magazine. helped a lot. You know, having the Doors. Uh, regardless what you think of the Doors, I mean, having someone from a previous generation producing and playing on the on the record. I would imagine that Ray Manzarek is is LA royalty. He's a cool dude. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so that just, it it goes a long way. I did read in an article or interview, uh, you know, when you're watching the uh, decline of the Western civilization part one, and one of the people who, who is recording looks at Xene and John Doe, and she has flowers in, in her hand. And they were like, what? What's where are the flowers from? And she says, they're from the club. They like us here. We do well or something. And, and right <laughs> yeah. then, you know that they're on a different level. You know, they're a, mm-hmm. a bit of an older generation yeah. and that yeah. they're giving the, the club is giving them flowers. I doubt the club ever gave the germs flowers or, or those <laughs> other bands. <laughs> of course not. But then yeah. like less than five minutes later, they're just 
in the apartment giving themselves stick and poke tattoos. Like it's not as if like they were, you know, on some like different level. And this is this is harkening back to like punk didn't have boundaries. Like when this record came out, like that whole the whole like stringent like put it inside a box, paint yourself into a corner idea of what punk rock was just didn't exist. Like this is punk, Black Flags punk, fucking Minutemen. We we get to them are punk, and mm-hmm. they sound so different, man. Like there's no like in LA is a big town. There, there there's it's big enough to hold many many different like ideas and sounds. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, man, I, I isn't on the decline. I don't know why. I was uh, looking Maybe at the YouTube comments and oh, I no, saw they, that I saw the on. X open for Oingo Boingo. Mm-hmm. I'd go to that show. <sighs> My Wait, Black Flag was on decline, they were yeah. just like in the practice yeah. space. I was reading uh, about Billy Zoom and his uh, stage presence, he's got that, that very wide leg power stance. Oh yeah, that, which yeah, is, that is the power. That is, he, I think he invented the power stance, man. Like I think Billy Zoom is single-handedly like responsible for that wide-ass stance guitar stuff. Mm. You don't think it's rockabilly? Oh, you're gonna say Johnny Ramone? No, I don't. Mm. I was thinking like like Gene Vincent even or something like that. Well, Zoom did play with Gene Vincent, so maybe that's where it came from. <laughs> he learned from Gene Vincent. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Josh Johnson was the first person to do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, something that I really liked about Billy Zoom is you know he he's he's a gunslinger, you know, like he he is a studied guitarist and he was seeing guitar players play riffs that weren't necessarily that difficult to play but making like the the stinky guitar face, you know? And, like the like the very like they're really straining to play it. So his approach was just to to shred these aggressive rock and roll licks and then ju- just like look like as calm as as like a summer breeze on stage. So he's just got this power stance and they just like got a really easy going smile on his face and just like shredding, shredding like shredding like he's he's brushing his teeth. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. I, I uh when I was playing when i was playing drums more often and and more in public i there's only so many different you know you you only have so many things you can be doing because all your limbs are doing stuff so uh a choice that i i had made back in the day was to try to i wanted my face to look almost bored while i was playing so I don't know. So, so it looked like it was easy, easier than it was. So when I read that about uh, Billy Zoom, I thought that was a, I thought that was a really cool thing. I just let my mouth hang open and look like an asshole. So, (laughs) (laughs) friend. I also this week learned. I don't know how I didn't know that John Doe is one of the bad guys in Roadhouse. (laughs) Excuse me. Yeah. I just watched that like two weeks ago. Is that true? Yeah, he's got the, oh, yeah. the terrible yeah. mustache. He's got the little mustache. Yeah, he's like, That's John he, he, yeah. he, he like works yeah. at the bar, but he's on the take oh, I know from, you're like, about. from the, 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 the crime boss. <laughs> oh my fucking God. <laughs> and, and there's a scene where he's just shooting a shotgun, just like pumping a shotgun and like shooting everyone. <laughs> I just watched that motherfucker two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Shit. Time for another review. I guess so. 
Yeah, he's been on a couple. Uh... John Doe has he been in some some yeah. flicks? Oh, he's been. He, oh, yeah, he, he's got some acting acting credits. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to uh, think of ones that you might have heard. Is uh, he in Repo Man? He's been on in in plenty of stuff. Oh shit! Yeah, is he good? Yeah, actually, he's a good actor. Right. You've seen Roadhouse. You've yeah, I've seen, seen Roadhouse seen <laughs> recently. Roadhouse. He was in Boogie Nights too. He was convincingly surly. <laughs> <laughs> he was in Boogie Nights. Yep, wider. Who was he? He was like a creepy, like a uh, porn, like producer or something. He was just like mm. one of the party goers, but he's very recognizable. So, okay, he was in a Great Balls of Fire. I remember that. He was, what? Yeah, he was uh, in the, 1989. Yep. Wow. He was in the band. Is he in the Rage? Are you guys fucking with me? No, oh, I've got his IMDb page in front of me right now. He plays Judas. a character named Boy. Okay. All right. Uh, in Boogie Nights, he plays Amber's husband, and I believe Amber is Julianne Moore, right? Yeah, she's like Amber Wade. Oh, right? okay. Yeah, uh, he was great. Yeah. No, he's he, he's. I guess he's good enough that so you didn't rec- on, you didn't I, know he geez. wasn't an actor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I, I'm gonna have to take next week off. I'm sure the albums are good, but I'll just be listening to Wild Gift all week. <laughs> I've been listening to this, yeah, almost every day for the past two weeks, and I cannot get every enough. Every fucking day I'm, for the past. I'm not planning on yeah. stopping. No, it's shit. Shit. Handily one of the greatest records I've ever heard, and that's a crazy thing for me to say at 40. Like It's a little is... crazy, but it's it's very good. Yeah, It's a little hyperbolic, Rob, but it's quite good. Is it hyperbolic, though? It's a little hyperbolic, to be honest. It's one of the best things I've heard this year. Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. This album knocked my socks off. I love this record. Yeah. This was the first time for Ben. Was it for you, yep. Kyle? Did you say that? Absolutely. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. Outside of a couple tracks off this, I had never heard this record. Wow. Yeah, this is a and, great one. And, uh, you know, we mentioned that, you know, Robert Kreisgau gave it his album of the year. It was also Rolling Stone Magazine's album of the year for 1981. I, I'm such a rock and roll history nerd. I'm surprised that it, having that accolade hadn't put it on my radar sooner than last week. Yeah, well, I mean, you know? I couldn't tell uh, you what the fucking album of the year for '82 was by Rolling Stone, so I'm not gonna give. But it that but chances are you pro- you probably know it. Chances are you know it. You know what's uh like fucking me up about this record and like the the idea that like they couldn't get like a national airplay or whatever because they looked a certain way. Like fucking Susie, like is what do you mean they look a certain swinging. way? John Doe is a fucking actor. <laughs> no, like like. Going off of like the stereotypical, like, you know, well, this lady looks like this, like, you know, fucking Susie Sue, like, and uh, Xene, they're they, they don't look the same, but it's not as if like the style is that fucking different, yeah. But and, Susie point, Sue also was punk not rock is marketable in 1981. Punk rock records are moving yeah. units, it's not Fleetwood Mac, guys. 
Yeah, but that that's that's so 2008, man. <laughs> that's literally it's, 19, it's 1981 now. Like Birch, did you rewatch the, that? Like uh, the, the Clash has already released London Calling. People are buying punk records. That uh that mm-hmm. X documentary uh, yeah, where the the studio exec was like, "Well, yeah, I, I I just don't see that they're gonna work out." And like, what the fuck band was he trying to push as being like the next uh, Journey? <laughs> Probably fucking Clover or something, you know? Nobody. <laughs> um, I'm 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 jumping ship. Here. And also, in 1981, <laughs> you should not be looking for the next Journey. You should be looking for the first X. Yeah, I agree. Well, dang dinosaurs. Well yep. Uh, we all on the positive on this one? No, nah, couldn't yeah, listen to this okay. record. This it sounds is, great. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, 100% a record you should listen to before you die. It's so I'm good. surprised they only released one single. White Girl was the only single off this record. It seems like more songs than this have legs. Are you sure? Every fucking song has legs. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, oh, there was only one single. There's like five singles on the Human League album, one single on the X album. <laughs> X listen to this record as soon as possible. X should have had the same amount of press as the Go-Go's. I am just saying. Let's just put it this way. Uh, I didn't. You can easily get into the Go-Go's Fleetwood Mac and elements. Xena's voice and John Doe and the way it's presented. It sounds it's an acquired taste. It's acquired. It is not instantly candy to your ears. I don't know, man. You know the first I'm, time I'm, I heard I See Red, I was in love with that track. Yeah. And that was the on, first X song I ever heard. I would say uh, the self-title or uh, X Los Angeles has, it's a little rougher around the edges. This is absolutely like a polished record. Like it, This it, is a masterpiece. You, you, I don't think that you, this is acquired. I, I think that these are hits. Okay. Period. No, no, I think her mm-hmm. her voice, their singing and her voice, I think ha- people need a, a barrier to get over. No, if, saying, if, if somebody came on you for the rest of my life, that's fine. Hey, Bert. Hey, I'm kidding. It's a joke. Rob, my jokes are bad. <laughs> it's probably for the best. I'm just saying that I can't, this isn't I can't think of any reason that, that this wasn't a huge. I mean, it, it's album, Rolling Stone album of the year. Like, it, it, it's I, not I, I, a Rolling Stone album of the year, though, right? I, I thought it was. I can think of one reason why this album wasn't a giant success, and it was because the fucking radio wouldn't play it because the fucking industry sucks. It was voted the and year's second best album in the Village Voice Pop and Jazz poll. Wild Gift was later ranked Man, maybe, number I, 333 on Rolling Stone magazine's list of the 500 mm. greatest albums of all time. Maybe I, I misread something. If that's the case, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. And if I was Rolling Stone's editor in 81. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Kyle's point is very valid. You will not see Exene and John Doe doing a duet on the American Idol and like getting massive applause. Even though I think they're wonderful <laughs> and we're all we're all into this. It yeah, is, it's non-traditional. Uh, it I, is I just looked up what the uh, what the actual album of the year, according to Rolling Stone in 1981, was. It was Jay Giles' band. There you go. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, yeah. That, that, no, no, but but uh, but what uh, you will see Xene and John Doe doing a duet on was the fucking American Bandstand. Absolutely, they were on fucking American Bandstand, man. Like, the, it's not as if like 
they were getting the accolades from people who knew and the fucking the 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 video execs and the fucking like labels just wouldn't listen oh getting oh. it everywhere else but like where a bunch of people could hear it so whatever there were so three I just, channels. I just, in I just scrolled a little bit. I just scrolled a little bit past Jay Giles' band, and X is on the list. It was number six, which is nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. Which song? No, it's just no the, the album. album. The album. Okay. Album was number was number six of the year for Rolling Stone. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It's pretty huge for a punk band. Right behind, right behind Fela Kuti. Nice. Hot dog. Yeah. And number seven was Black Flag Damaged. Now I'm. One was a good year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, next time we'll be talking about the psychedelic furs. Talk, talk, talk. Thanks, y'all.